Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 574 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, September 27th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Amazon's flying in your home, Microsoft's expanding its catalog, and Spotify's adding video to its audio. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, or on our website, plugkidslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways you can do that. You can join us live Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or you can always subscribe at plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live and The Pilch Point, Plunkett's Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all of the ways to watch or listen. That is the spiel. Avram, how are you doing tonight? Not not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, so, it's, uh, it's, it's been a week. Some, some interesting <laughs> things. I, uh, I have to set it, I have to set it up over here but i got the first of my two new monitors nice that i've been shopping for uh it's actually behind me um uh, a pretty good a pretty good monitor deal overall uh and the quality is pretty good so i got a 4k monitor that um it's supposed to do a hundred percent or ninety nine point something percent of the sRGB gamut, uh, up to three hundred fifty nets of brightness. Um, suppose uh, I haven't been able to, you know, get. I don't have test equipment here to prove that it gets that bright, but it's very bright. Um, and free and free sync up to either sixty or seventy five hertz, uh, twenty eight inches Lenovo monitor for two sixty five. Wow. So. Uh, so a, pr- a pretty good, a pretty good deal. The Lenovo S28 U10, um, but it's actually been a better deal before. It was on sale at um, Lenovo at one point over, I think, uh, Labor Day weekend for 220. Wow! With with free shipping, and you can't get it at Lenovo right now. Or last I checked. But I found that Tiger Direct was selling it for two sixty five, and I said that's still a really good deal. Yeah, and is. no one had done a professional review of it. I found some YouTube videos of it. Uh, this really kind of sparked me to say at Tom's Hardware, uh, which many of you know is my day job, uh, that we should see if we can get in more, say, sub four hundred dollar four K monitors mm-hmm. and try and test them because there are a lot now and it's hard to tell what's good because most of those things have not been sent out to review, even ones like this that have been out for probably a year. But uh, it had some really uh, good ratings from, from readers and apparently it has the same panel as an Asus monitor and a Samsung monitor of 28 inches that are have been reviewed and tested really well. 
So, uh, but it's a little cheaper uh, and has, in my opinion, nicer design. So, so I got it and it's good. So I'll probably get a second one and then I'll have, I have to screw in a new monitor arm and all this stuff, which is going to be a pain. Um, and then I'll have two 28 inch monitors like so on my desk and then two, two 24s on top of them with my current monitors. Very nice. Uh, so, and maybe eventually, maybe eventually next year, I'll, I'll get another two 28s. So I'll get rid of the 24. So I'll just have an even set. We'll, we'll have, we'll have to see how overwhelming it is to have, to have, to have two 24s and two 28s, but the color is, is seems to be really pretty good. Um, and the brightness and sharpness are pretty good. And for 265, that's, that's pretty good. The only yeah, the major drawbacks for anyone who is interested in getting this monitor are, the stand absolutely sucks. It's terrible. It's wobbly. Oh, uh, but that's. But I knew that going in, and it has it's visa mountable, so mm -hmm. I knew I was going to put it on an arm. Right. But if you are coming into it not knowing that, you would be disappointed. And it doesn't have a lot of inputs. It doesn't have. It only has HDMI and DisplayPort. It doesn't. It doesn't have. Um, no, it doesn't have no DVI. Any... No, well, I mean, Obviously. I don't really care about it, but you know, it only has those two. Yeah. You can't, so, and it doesn't have some of the kind of premium features I would have liked to have had, like picture in picture and picture by picture. Right. Um, it doesn't have HDR, even though some of the other monitors that have the same panel have HDR. Hmm. So it's a trade off for, uh, for 265 but pretty nice uh nice looking trade-off i also found i also found on youtube exactly the video that you should use if you want to test a 4k mod oh really there is a video like a world video um like it, it just shows you animals from all over the world snakes <laughs> okay. and geckos and tigers and stuff and is in 4k actually it's in 4k 60. so you know if you really want to see if you have not nice looking you know good color on your monitor you turn this on and see if see if the gecko looks really green and the scales <laughs> of the snake look really green right and at 4k uh, at 4k 60 things. you can uh you can also test for motion blur and stuff like that yeah, so um, it it look uh, it looks good. I think you just you just search like 4K uh, like 4K demo, and there's a on YouTube, and there's a uh, like world. Uh, it is called Sony 4K demo, another world. I am. I am playing the preview on my screen right now. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, see how that would be super useful. Right. So anyway, you know, it's not always easy or uh, Costa Rica in 4K is not bad either. But 
Sony 4K demo in another world, I think, was made specifically for this kind of purpose. So makes sense. If you have a 4K TV, if you have a 4K monitor, um, you can uh, and you want it and you get it and you're like, does this look good? Forget the the objective testing of like whether it's color accurate. Because uh, I actually don't, and for me personally, don't really care as much about color accurate as does it look good, does it pop, and um, that, that's what I look at. There, there's a YouTube channel called uh, 4K Demo Channel, and there's a video with the title spelled wrong, which stuck out to me. This minute is spelled with a spelled U. Spelled the title of 4K wrong? It's, it's a, the video is 16 minutes. But the vi- the video title says 16 Moonite, which I think are the guys from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Anyway, uh, no, those are the Moon Knights. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I, w- once you're using it like regularly, I really look forward to hearing what you have to say about it because uh, I've been... I've been considering taking two of my screens and replacing them with with 4K. So uh, this will be this monitor is officially on yeah. my short list. If you've if you've try, leaned into it, try using Facebook on it or whatever. It's just like it. I have a tendency to just turn, and this is why maybe getting a 20 inch monitor was a bad idea. Except <laughs> I really wanted to have 4K just because it feels like a big upgrade to go from like you know what I have now, which is 1080p up to the highest realistic resolution that most people have, which is 4k. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get 8k, but not for, not for anything reasonable. Um, anyway. Yeah. So you, you try, like, I'm a person who I'm really bad at doing snap with my browser. So I usually have like one per screen and that's why having four monitors is kind of important to me. Uh, but so immediately I start putting just when I was using it, I just start putting it full screen and it's like, Man, there's so much extra white space on all of these bra- on all of these uh, all these web pages. Yeah, I bet I bet with the new Facebook design, it's uh, almost comical. Yeah, it, I mean it. Google results. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, you 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 know you name it. It's. Um, and of course, the ultimate decision that folks have to make, and this is this is somewhat educational for anyone uh, watching or listening, is how do you want the scaling to to be? Because mm-hmm. uh, if you have twenty seven or twenty eight inches and you have four K, if you run it at a hundred percent, it is going to be kind of hard to read, especially read the icons on the desktop. So, in my case, it defaulted to one hundred and fifty percent scaling Mm -hmm. which means it blows up at least the text 150 percent and i was and i thought hey i want to fit more on the screen what happens if i try it at 125 what happens if i try it at 100 and i was trying at 125 for a while and i was like but i can't see (laughs) i have to squint Uh uh-huh yeah um (laughs) i know somebody who programs with a 4k at 100 and I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to have like a window snap, window snap, my two 4Ks at 100%. I'd like to have as many as many lines of text on my screen as humanly possible. I just need to have better eyesight. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are we are bumping up against that human limitation, aren't we? <laughs> yes, yes. We need a better human. The problem is the monitors. The monitor's too high. The human's not good enough for the monitor is really the problem. Uh, yeah, that was inevitable at some point, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, with that, let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything at the store. And you can find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So this week... Uh was the continuation of the new tech product parade with Amazon showing off their new stuff. Um, we had, we've already seen Apple, Amazon was this week, Google is coming up the, this coming week, I think. <laughs> um, so uh, Amazon has an interesting collection of products. For the most part, it's, uh, it's what you expect, incremental changes on existing products. The Echo uh, devices no longer look like Pringles cans. They now look like little spheres. Um, you've got the the new mesh router, which is Wi-Fi 6, which is a welcome addition. Um, but they did have a couple of bonkers products, right, Avram? They're, the one that bothered me, <laughs> the, the one that was the weirdest to me, is what they're calling the Ring Always Home Cam. It's a security camera in a drone. <laughs> and when it detects trouble, it flies to where trouble is and it follows it, which <laughs> is so weird for so many reasons. What's trouble? True. Uh, yeah, what, what's trouble? What's How gonna, does it know what trouble is? What's going to trigger it? Who? I, I don't have all the details on that, but here's my thing. Amazon has had their IoT devices um, hacked before, um, which wasn't a huge problem at the time because all we saw was uh, video from people's doorbells. But, and in particular, it was already Ring. It wasn't Amazon-branded product. It was Ring-branded product, which this is as well. Um, so there has been trouble with Ring devices having their video accessible. What a perfect target for people who want to cause trouble would a camera that flies around someone's house be? I think it's the ideal. Like, if ever there was catnip for a hacker, this is it. Yes. <laughs> so I think you're, I could be wrong, but I think you're underselling the the horribleness of the hacks that have happened with ring because true. it wasn't just the doorbell. That's true. There were ones that happened inside the home because people have in home ring security cameras and there are ones where there's two way communication. So the I talking to people some stories where, yes. where the security cameras or the baby monitors or something were talking to people. I had forgotten yes. about that. This happened. This happened with ring. 
I'm pretty sure this happened with Rang. And it and it was there were some stories about like a thirteen year old boy who was being stalked around his house. Yeah. It's not funny, but it's kind of like comical that like he he had to he couldn't go to any room of his house without like some crazy person, uh, some crazy stranger talking to him. Yeah. Eventually, I think they just managed to unplug all the cat all the all the cameras. But that's that's madness. So I'd forgotten about already, that already. Like I I've been worried for a long time about having cameras in my home. On the one hand, it seems like a good idea for certain things, particularly when you're not home. Mm-hmm. And this uh, ring always home, although it's not out yet, so I don't think anyone's actually tested it to say, but it's supposed to only be used when you're not home. And I don't know if you, there's a mode, if there's any way to use it when you are home or how it knows that nobody's home. like Or is it something that you just turn on, like you turn on your burglar alarm when you leave, you turn you turn this on. Yeah, there's not, but there's not enough information about the details on this for sure. And I'm going to assume that it doesn't have two-way communication, but on the because if it's made to not to only be used when you're not home, why would it have two-way? Unless it's supposed to talk to the burglar, unless it's supposed to be like step away from the house, get out, put get out now <laughs> the police have been called it'd be sort of just be like one of those cars that i don't know if they still have cars that do this where if you still viper you stand too close to the car it starts talking to you starts mouthing off to you oh god i um, miss the viper alarms <laughs> i haven't heard about them in years only one uh, they were certainly the popular one <laughs> i don't know if more companies did it or not but viper was the one that everybody knew like that voice that when you think about it, that voice you hear, that was Viper. <laughs> yes. So I, but it is so bad because absolutely could be used to stalk people. Forget the even stalk. Like if I were wanting to do this for criminal activity, I would do, I would do more that I would do more than I wouldn't. I wouldn't think about like revealing myself to someone by actively stalking them, although they're crazy people who do that. I would use it to case to case the house to see what valuables are there. Yep. And to make sure nobody is home. Yep. And also I could detect if there's like a dog or something that could could, you know, bite me or something. I can maybe I can even see whether the doors are locked. Um, all kinds of Yep helpful information that having fixed security cameras might not give me yeah i could I or could get or you drone. could even you could even pick it up and set it down somewhere else because you know once you start getting used to something in your home you don't pay that much attention to it right so you pick it up and you go yeah. set it down somewhere else yeah the battery's not going to last forever but you could you could keep track of uh behaviors when people are home and things like that to look for where they put maybe their jewelry down stuff like that there's there's plenty of combination on the safe uh uh-huh there's plenty of ways that a hacker would would uh want to take advantage of this this just seems like catnip to me yeah it's i mean it's it's really 
it's really 1984 and people are doing it to themselves. Uh-huh. Also, take it from a different angle. People are worried about police, the government or whatever, invading their privacy. Now you're now you're taking all areas of your home and and having them potentially recorded. Mm-hmm. Granted, granted, this is the next logical step up from having security camera fixed security cameras in rooms, which people have already been doing for a long time uh-huh. for a while. So I guess this is the next step up. And if you don't care about privacy and you do want to know what's going on in your house, like I, I kind of get it, especially if you have pets. Sure. You might want to see what's going on with your dog or cat. Sure. And the drone might better know what's going might be the drone can follow them all around the house. Whereas how many security cameras would you need to make sure that you saw wherever they went? Right. Or pet cubes. <laughs> My, <laughs> the dog security camera. Right. Yeah. I, so I'm th- this thing doesn't make me happy. And uh, to a lesser extent, uh, the new Echo Show 10 with the motor in its base so that the screen and the camera can follow you around a room, that one doesn't excite me that much either. See, it's an interest. Here's something that people haven't really thought about, or maybe people have thought about, but maybe you're not thinking about with the Echoes. So it was my mother's birthday this week and we got her an Echo Show. Mm-hmm. And normally that would be the kind of thing that I would say, oh man, do you really want to invade your privacy like that? As it is, I'm quite skeptical about the Google Assistant Google Assistant speakers that I have in my house that my wife wanted us to have and I did not. But <laughs> I remember. The, but the thing about Echo Show is it has this drop-in feature which Mm -hmm. actually is horrible for your privacy because you can set a feature to just see what's going on in someone's house. I mean, with permission, right. With initial permission, not every time you do it. Um, And then you can see what's going on in someone's house and, and check on them. But if you have an elderly relative, this might be something that you really want. So we got it from my mom because now she's living by herself Mm -hmm. And also she still has a hard time dealing with Skype and other video chat things. And this is what makes it really easy for her to video call. So the idea of having one that follows you around the room so you can kind of continue your chat if you were doing a video chat sounds good to me. I, I would like to have, I mean, for one, I would like to have something like that if I was recording how to or something if i was in the kitchen and i was trying to record a uh cooking video or something i would love it if it would accurately follow me around for that and maybe if i was doing a stream with someone and i was walking around and trying to show them something or i don't know doing something while i'm talking cooking dinner while i'm talking to them or whatever it is uh that could be useful i mean i don't see how it's 
that much more of an invasion of your privacy than a regular echo show that can do the same thing just in a fixed position. True. Yeah. I, the, the movability gives us back to, to a little bit of more catnip than just a regular camera, but it is fixed, which makes it far less interesting, certainly than these, than these, uh, (laughs) flying spy drones. I mean, what they should have, but I assume that they don't, I haven't seen the picture of this yet, is they should have a camera cover. But I don't think any Echo Show has that. I don't think so either. Um, but you can you can buy the little stick on one, so worst case scenario. Uh, you know, you can but they, I mean, st- stick on and put it over top, which I would imagine is probably a pretty common <laughs> thing with anything with a camera ever since that... Uh, that uh, NSA leak came out that they were accessing webcams and smart smart screen cameras. Uh, I would imagine those stick-ons have become pretty popular. But uh, yeah, I I don't like the drone for sure. That makes me so uncomfortable. But it's, obviously, it's not targeted at me. It's targeted at somebody else uh, who's not as worried about things like that. So you know whatevs to each their own but that will not be come a part of my my tech collection i can tell you that <laughs> this week's pilch point with abram pilch is probably powered by pure vpn talking about privacy and security the best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. Okay. So, uh... It, it's late in the year, <laughs> but I believe uh, I believe that uh, we've got some information possibly about Prime Day and some other stuff coming up, right, Abram? Yes. So Prime Day, Amazon's holiday. We were just talking before about buying Amazon stuff or new Amazon products. Prime Day is coming. Prime Day is Amazon's annual holiday holiday annual shopping event <laughs> where there's a whole lot of sales for people who are members of amazon's prime program which a lot of people are and if you're not you can sign up for a 30-day trial if you haven't already done so recently and normally prime day takes place during the summer because amazon is looking for a I'll put this in air quotes, Christmas in July type of event where they can drive up revenue at a time when people are not thinking about holiday shopping. But because of COVID-19, they did not have Prime Day in the summer. And Amazon has not officially announced when Prime Day is coming, although they've said that it's coming. And... Uh, there was a leak recently that suggests 
very strongly that it is going to be the 13th and 14th of October. So just a couple of weeks from now. And that will mark the beginning of a really extended holiday shopping season because by the middle of October, people are probably already thinking about major purchases for either gifts or for gifting themselves. And if they spend a lot of money in October, they're probably, they may not spend it. They may not spend it in November, but Amazon uh, is going to have this event and it's going to mark the beginning of the huge, a huge two month long Black Friday shopping season. And I have an article up on Tom's Hardware about what you can expect for Prime Day where you can actually save some money and how this can kind of help you save money on things for the next couple of months. First of all, it's important to understand that Prime Day is not just Amazon. I mean, the the official Prime Day is just Amazon. But because Amazon is having sales, there's almost no doubt that competitors to Amazon will have sales. And that means probably sales at Newegg, Dell, Lenovo. This is, of course, these are, of course, the sites that we see a lot of sales on in the tech space. Best Buy, uh, to some extent, Walmart, if we care about, uh, I mean, Walmart occasionally has some deals on things like laptops. What kinds of things can you get on Prime Day? Well, on, on Amazon, you can almost always on Prime Day get really good deals on Amazon branded products. So if you are thinking about getting an Echo of any kind, a Fire Stick of any kind, a Kindle tablet, a Fire tablet, uh, any, any Amazon branded product, probably also ring branded products, Prime Day will be the prime time to get those things. So if you were thinking of getting one of those in the next couple of weeks, unless you're like me and you had to get it for somebody whose birthday was right now, wait, wait two weeks because the undoubtedly will be much cheaper on Prime Day. But besides those Amazon products, you can expect to see lightning deals, you know, quick sales across the board. Now, very often you don't see the greatest tech deals on Prime Day, but occasionally you do see things. One thing that you see a ton of, you are almost certain to see some good deals on accessor on accessories around charging and on peripherals like keyboards and mice. So now some of them will be cheap keyboards and mice, uh, not, but you will see probably see some ridiculously good deals on low cost mechanical keyboards. You'll see some ridiculously good deals on laptop and phone chargers on power banks, that sort of thing. You can, you can guarantee you're going to see some great deals on, on storage. You will probably see some really good deals, certainly on, uh, things like flash drives and micro SD cards, but also hopefully on SSDs. Hopefully you will be able to find, and, and on a good day, you can sometimes find this now a one terabyte SSD, uh, 
uh, one terabyte SSD for under for under a hundred dollars. One terabyte PCIe uh, SSD, uh, or you'll be able to find one that's normally around one hundred and fifty dollars for one hundred and ten or one hundred and twenty. Like our favorite SSD, the uh, Adata XPG SX eighty two hundred Pro normally is one hundred and fifty, and last week actually before Prime Day. It was on sale for a while for 100, 110. So that's a kind of deal on storage that you may see around Prime Day. Uh, similarly, monitors are something that are always good to shop for when there are sales. As I said at the beginning of our show today, I managed to get a Lenovo 28-inch monitor, 28-inch 4K monitor, not on, not on sale for 265. Uh, but this same monitor, when there was a Labor Day sale, the Lenovo S28 U10 was $220 briefly before it sold out. So I expect that we may see some great deals from Lenovo and Dell around things like monitors, laptops, uh, gaming desktops. Uh, now, how do you know, finally, how do you know what you're getting actually is a good deal? Well, first of all, at Tom's Harbor, we're going to have some pages rounding up deals. But let's say you see something and, and you that's on sale. And you say, ah, oh, I don't know. Is this is this just on? It says it's just say it's on sale or is it actually a good deal? Because particularly on Amazon, everything is always technically on sale. There's always an MSRP that has like a little cross out through it. And it makes it look like you're getting a deal, even if the price has been the same for a year. So. What you want to do, and I say this every time we do buying advice, but if you haven't heard me talk about this before, for Amazon, you want to download a Chrome extension called the Camelizer from a web that's made by this website, Camel, Camel, Camel. What it will do is you will click the button in your browser when you're on the product page, and it will show you a chart of what the price of this product has been over its history. So you can see it, how long it's been this price, whether this price is the lowest it's ever been, uh, et cetera. The other thing that you want to do is particularly for computers and PC components, there's a wonderful site called PCPartPicker.com. And you can go to PCPartPicker.com and type in the name of a product. And I believe PC Part Picker tracks like five or six or seven uh, major sites like Newegg and will tell you what the price, what what the price history of the product is on those sites. So you can see if uh, a, not just on Amazon or not just on whatever site you're looking at, but across the internet, is this a good is this a good deal? Because what might be the sale price on Amazon today is the regular price on Dell every day, or vice versa. So it's really important to verify what you're getting is a deal. Uh, and not just to get drawn in by the excitement. And of course, it always helps to have a plan. What are the things that you're actually looking to buy? What are the things that you that you need that you want to that you've been kind of waiting to get and you think, hey, if I see this on a deal on a sale, I'm gonna pull the trigger. And what are the things that eh, you could kind of use one? I could kind of use some an extra HDMI cable or something. If I see a really good deal on one, I'll get it. If not, I won't. Uh, and try 
to, to think of those things rather than just being drawn in for stuff that you that you don't need. That makes sense. Uh, and, and like we, we've said it obviously many times that sometimes this is all about the hype. So don't <laughs> don't get tricked into the hype. Uh, I think we <laughs> accidentally did a whole segment about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but but yeah, um, with with all the, the sales coming, we've seen everybody put things on sale. Uh, at, like you said, not just Amazon, but, uh, and it's not just direct, uh, tech stuff. The, the stand that your screen is on here in the studio, Abram is, uh, from Amazon prime day a couple of years ago. So <laughs> it was all kinds of weird right, stuff it's... that you can pick up on sale. Yeah, exactly. Now it, it's good to have a plan. For example, I, I have a plan, right? So I bought this monitor recently that we've talked about and I want to get a second one of exactly that monitor though. So if it goes on sale to $220 or less, which it was at one time before I realized I wanted to get it, um, then I will get a second one. If not, I will wait through the holiday season and see, and, and see if it goes on sale for that price again. So that's, that's the kind of thing, the kind of plan people should have. Hey, here's a, you know, I'm looking for, if not this particular make and model, I'm looking for this type of product. Let me see what, let me see what, what goes on sale during this time period. For sure. Um, and just because we're talking about the Camelizer, I, uh, first thing I did was I went to, to Amazon's website and I checked the first thing that came up, which was paper towels. <laughs> and, uh, Right now, you know, it's it's featured on the homepage. It's big. Look at this price. Uh, it is the most expensive it has been, uh, except for in the middle of June. This is the most expensive it's been in uh, in 2020. So just, just because it's featured, just because they're making a big deal about it doesn't mean it's a, a good price. So that's, that's our, I mean, there's our proof. I literally just picked, clicked on the first thing I found on the homepage and Camelage was like, oh, no, mm -mm. <laughs> don't do it. It's a trick. <laughs> so, yep. It's, it's always interesting. Obviously this will not be the only time we talk about stuff because it's that time of year. We will have some other, uh, other buying guides as, as we get closer to the holidays and we know, more about what's going on but this is a this is a good starting point since we think in the next couple of weeks certainly by the 20th right it it seems like october 20th would be the absolute latest this could possibly happen this year because then they're yeah, going to start getting trounced by it, other things right right so they they have they have to have it they have to have it in october and and they don't want it to get too close to Thanksgiving. Right. So. Because yeah, then they lose I control think, over it. I think it's going to. Yes. Yeah. So, Besides, they want to have kind of carve out another period for that. Exactly. Another revenue generating period. Because they'll have their own things then. <laughs> but their branded right. thing gets lost in the shuffle if it's not. I had, I had predicted yeah. uh, on GNC Weekly six weeks ago, maybe 
uh, my date, I said, I'm putting, I'm putting my money on my brother's birthday. I said the 14th and, <laughs> and it's looking more and more like I was right. So <laughs> by the way, it's pr- prime day is probably going to be two days. It's usually two days. Yeah. Except that, so it, except for that first days. year where it was 26 hours, it's been two days ever since. So yeah, it'll probably be 13 and 14 if the rumors are, are correct. So We'll have uh, Tom's Hardware. will have uh, buying guides during that time. Some some deal roundups, right? Yes. Well, we have we now have a bunch uh, where we're tracking deals that are currently available, okay. not just not because of Prime Day, just because. Uh, and but we will be tracking all the Prime Day deals. It is a big deal in our company, so I will surely be not sleeping for a few days and tracking them all night. Understood. Well, good luck on that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's why I need the monitors. There you go. And now we just got to get you to start snapping stuff so you can really take advantage yes. of the real estate. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. well, thank you for this, Avram, and I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life and F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Get all the accessories you need to up your game on your PC, console, or mobile device from Razer. Whether you're looking for a gaming mouse and keyboard, like we use here in the studio, a light for your webcam to up your Twitch stream, or an entire gaming setup like the Razer Blade 15, you can find it all at Razer by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. So, uh, so this week was an interesting one for Microsoft. Um, the we'll we'll start with the downs. There were some ups and there were some downs for them. Uh, first, the pre-orders for the Xbox Series S and Series X went live this week, and um, predictably, and <laughs> following the lead of uh, the PlayStation Five uh, last week. Uh, there were problems, but some of them were the same stores crashing, um, our friendly shoe bot trying to, uh, to snipe pre-orders just like we've seen with the PS five, with the, uh, the 3080 and possibly the 3090 from NVIDIA. Um, but there were also some unique issues, uh, issues that I said would exist, the day they announced the product's name, the uh, Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S names are way too close to the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S. And as such, on Amazon, because uh, sales numbers, there are some sales tracking sites, um, during the initial period of pre-order availability on Amazon, The sales for the Xbox One X went up almost 750%. Now, there are two possibilities here. The first is that people who were trying to to pre-order the consoles got it wrong. 
it's possible. But the type of person who pre-orders a console like this is checking everything. They're making sure the price is right. They're making sure the listing's right. They don't want to accidentally order a pre-order just the box um, because we've seen all of those happen um, on various sites over the years. So gamers tend to be very cautious before they hit go. The other possibility is that our pre-order bots got tricked by the names. And I so hope that's the case. I so hope that, that these be... people who pay, what was it, $75 a month to use this pre-order bot are going to get an Xbox One X in the mail Thursday. <laughs> it's... Um, mm, my guess is that the pre-order bots are smarter than that. But... Maybe. But uh, I guess... But we may never know because the the companies that do the bot stuff, well, they do talk, but they, you know, I think it's interesting. People may tweet about it. We may, we may find out if, if it was the bots. I think that you are overestimating the intelligence of everybody who was shopping. Well, like there's sure there's a lot of smart people who, who know the difference, but uh, there may be somebody out there who's kind of heard the hype a little bit mm-hmm. and they don't and maybe that maybe they're buying it for someone else maybe they're buying it for a friend or a kid or something like that or they're so not they, maybe they're or they're not, not big in the gaming savvy. community right yeah uh, maybe that so I think that there could be bot confusion, but there could also be human confusion. Oh, there's definitely going to be it's human confusion. Also, I, I'm hoping consider, I'm hoping that the the scales tip in uh, in the direction of the bot screwing up, though. That would that would make me so happy. That would be some that would be some karmic justice, wouldn't it? It would. It it would it would be some karmic justice. I mean, people are really. Uh, I mean, on Tom's Hardware, obviously we we do cover and care about the Xbox and the PlayStation, but uh, our core audience are PC gamers, and obviously people are livid about the RTX 3090 mm-hmm. and 3080, uh, 3080 more so, but 3090 was this past week when it launched, so uh, and that was a huge bot situation. But at least NVIDIA was smart enough not to use almost the same name. We've seen tech companies do this before, and I find it frustrating every time because it's happening now with pre-orders. But don't mistake that it's also going to happen after the product is out and readily available, that there will be people who, you know, under the the Christmas tree or whatever, really excited because... Grandma got them a new console. They opened it up, and it's the Xbox One X, which they maybe they already had. Right. So, yeah, I think this was. I think obviously in the pre-order process, there's going to be some of it, you know, because sites crash, um, you know, get slow. You have to refresh. There's not inventory. You refresh and try it again. Um, You go back and look for the listing again. You know, there's been. There's a lot of that, and maybe your fourth, fifth, sixth try, you screw up and hit the wrong one. Um, there's going to be some people who are pre-ordering it who are not 
big gamers, but like you said, are are excited by the hype. But when we get closer to Christmas, we're gonna see more of this. I think I think the confusion is really gonna kick in because like I said, the kind of the, the kind of person who's out there actively pre-ordering is going likely yeah, statistically more likely to be more active in the gaming community than like you said, grandma who might buy it in December uh, and have no idea what she's purchasing. So while it was a problem now, I think we're going to see it become even a bit, an even bigger problem over, over the next two months as, as we lead to the end of the year. Also, I would not be at all surprised if shopping searches like Google Shopping conflated the two at various times. Yeah. Because I have many times searched for a specific model of something mm-hmm. and you will and unless you're really careful, you you may get a result that's a different model and then when you click through you realize if you read, Oh yeah, this is actually true. the other one, right? Very like true. I, I was doing all this monitor shopping the last few weeks and I would find a specific model number and I'd look at for it in Google shopping and it would give me like not quite that model, right? Yep. If, if the model I was looking for was like the UK 500, it would give me like the UL 500 yep. sometimes. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Or a mix of both. And so when you have two names that are this close together, I think it's quite easy for them to get conflated in Google search. Right. Which is why I'm also hoping that the other bots got it wrong too. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm hoping because bots have proven to us that similarly named or similarly skewed products can get confused. So that's (laughs) fingers crossed. That's why I'm hoping that's what happened here for the larger majority. I'm hoping the scales tip that side. But like you said, we'll probably never know. But, you know, it's fun to dream. Uh, on the other side of the world, though, on the on the good side, um, Microsoft, potentially good side. Uh, good side for Microsoft, for sure. Uh, Microsoft announced that they have purchased ZeniMax Media, which most importantly owns Bethesda, um, for $7.5 billion. That's a lot of money. Um, so while that's a lot of money, it's important to remember that uh, that Bethesda is responsible for Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Doom, Quake, Wolfenstein. Those are all now owned by Microsoft because Bethesda and its, its sister studios are officially now all part of Xbox Game Studios. What does that mean? Anything that's in the wild is what it is. Uh, any existing announcements, they are what they are. Um, so <laughs> you're not you're not going to see Skyrim disappear from the Switch. Um, and in fact, when you take a look at Microsoft's behavior over the last couple of years under uh, Nadala, uh, the we want to be where people are, you know, the, the Little Mermaid philosophy of Microsoft, uh, has has ended up with after they purchased uh, 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 Minecraft, the cross-platform capabilities actually expanded uh, under Microsoft. So 
it would not be a surprise to see Bethesda games in the future show up on PlayStation, on Switch, just as they always have. Possibly time delayed with with Xbox and PC having a, a short-term exclusivity. Um, and uh, Phil Spencer has said exactly that. They'll take each future game release one at a time and make a decision on how it will release. But because they are first-party titles now, they will be part of Xbox Game Pass. So for your $10 or $15 uh, Game Pass subscription or Ultimate for, what, 25 um, you now have, well, not now, but in the very few, very near future, we'll have all uh, Bethesda titles. So all of Fallout, uh, all of Elder Scrolls, all of Doom, all of Quake, all of Wolfenstein, anything that's available on PC or console will come to Game Pass. And Bethesda has confirmed that as the plan for their games. That is a big deal for Game Pass subscribers. Uh, well, this is a big move forward for Microsoft, obviously becoming an even bigger first-party publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the complaints that people had coming into this generation of consoles was, you know, PS5 versus uh, Xbox Series. <laughs> That's such a terrible name. Uh- <laughs> The Xbox Series X slash S exclusivities and so much, you know, PlayStation has so many first party titles and Microsoft doesn't have quite that. Well, looks like Microsoft's working to change that perception right here and right now. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're certainly expanding. If we ever had a doubt about Microsoft's commitment to being in the consumer game space (laughs) even though they seem to have bailed on the streaming space they uh they they showed that commitment by by buying buying zenimax now yeah um i'm i'm not gonna lie as a game pass subscriber myself i am uh excited about the some of the bethesda games coming to uh to, to Game Pass, um, the the first one that is not already there, because some games are already there, because Microsoft and Bethesda have had a strong relationship for a long time. In fact, if you go back, uh, there was an article that came out this week that was fascinating, that on the original Xbox, there was a bit of a memory leak problem, and uh, but there was, a, there was a, an unknown, like unpublished trick that you could put up a screen and then reboot the console without anybody knowing. Uh, and so Microsoft shared that with Bethesda. And so I don't remember which one of their games, but it would reboot uh, when the memory started to become a problem. It would put up what looked like a loading screen and then reboot the console underneath you and then pick up the game where you left off. Fascinating. Um, so <laughs> the relationship has been there a long time. There's already Bethesda games like Game Pass, but the first new one... Uh, that will be hitting is Doom Eternal, which is coming on October 1st. And then um, the the follow-up Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 1, uh, will be coming to the Xbox Store and theoretically Game Pass as well uh, on the 20th. So um, October is going to be, looks like it's going to be a big deal for for uh, Game Pass with with Bethesda games coming, with, with uh, game streaming, 
probably coming out of beta into the uh, into this into the uh, the Android app, and with this change with Apple, possibly seeing the game streaming coming to uh, to iPhone. Game Pass is about to become a big deal um, for a lot of reasons, and I think Bethesda is a big part of it. I'm as a subscriber, I'm looking forward to it. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies, but let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. It's like watching a movie with your favorite, with your funniest friends. And you can find out about all of the full-length features, short films, TV episodes, and live events, all by going to f5live.com. Rift.tv slash Rift Tracks with an X. So, uh, I, th- Abram knows about this. Oh, thunder. Uh, Ab- Abram can speak to some of this, uh, himself. Um, Google has been putting some limits on Chrome extensions over the last couple of years. Uh, first, we saw the extreme expansion of Chrome extensions, which were the Chrome web apps, uh, nixed entirely a while back. Then Google started to put uh, uh, content moderation restrictions on, you know, complaining to developers about the permissions they were asking for. Why does your why does your extension need access to the page? Why does, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Then they started to apply those restrictions Aphrom, to private undistributed apps, um, which has caused poor Aphrom no end of pain. <laughs> uh, you're just listening. The look on his face and the shake of his head. Um, <laughs> intense. It has caused all kinds of trouble because now, even if you're privately distributing it just to a small group of people like Avram does with his colleagues for work Google wants to know why which is obviously odd um, but this week they, they should have a drone to fly around my house <laughs> so they can find out what why you're uh, asking for those permissions yeah uh, yes this week they have added a new wrinkle to the extension uh, store and that is that uh, they are getting rid of the payment system. So if it is not a free extension, oh well, it's going to go away uh, because you will not be able to payment uh, to process payments in the Chrome extension store through the Chrome web store. Um, and for the most part, that's not going to be a huge problem. Um, but it does show that... Google is changing their focus on extensions because we keep seeing their focus, you know, pull in a little bit. Yes, sure. For the most part, you know, increased security makes sense. On undistributed apps, not so much. Uh, it's just it's just a bizarre thing that's happening. And I don't quite get exactly what's going on there and why they would continue to try and limit the scope of what what Chrome does. 
so it's an embarrassment. I mean, in one respect, it's an embarrassment prevention effort. Anytime somebody finds a piece of malware in one of the stores, there'll be a story about how there's malware in the store mm-hmm. and then it'll hurt their reputation. So they would rather take the opposite approach and take it out on developers and make it make life harder for developers because they because they don't want to get the bad press. Apple has has been kind of the same way, but for a while Google was a lot easier to to deal with. Mm-hmm. I was able, I mean, for years, I've been doing Chrome extensions for years. Mm-hmm. For years, I was able to put Chrome extensions through, uh, un, you know, as unlisted and then send the link out to people that I wanted to have it. And it went through no scrutiny at all. Within like, within a few minutes, five minutes, if I was within five minutes, a new extension, maybe an hour, a new extension would be published. And if I made an update to an existing one, maybe it would take, you know, 20 minutes to refresh. Now I can't realistically update any of the extensions that I have because they, I, I've had them be rejected when I changed one line of code from what was accepted. And I've had it where I basically resubmitted it uh, or I sent a complaint or something about the rejection and then they let it in. But it's it's too much stress, and that's for the un that's for the unlisted ones. Mm-hmm. I had a public Chrome extension, which I stopped working on a while back because some features changed in Chrome, and it just seemed like it wasn't absolutely necessary to have anymore. Although I still think like there might be a, a good reason to have so. I had an extension for those of you not follow every aspect of my life and career. I had, I had an extension, but I'm sure most of you have, um, called silent site. And what silent site did was any, it was, uh, like a firewall for audio in your browser. So when you went to a site, if it started playing audio, it would pop up a little dialog box and said, do you want to allow this? site to play audio before it actually let the audio through. Uh, and you could whitelist a site, uh, you could uh, block all sites, you could block just that site, you had, or you could just let it play this one time, you had, you had some choices. Then a couple of years ago, Google added that um, sort of its own whitelist for, for audio, for audio, or its own like mute actually it was more of a more of a negation list like mm-hmm. it lets you uh, right click on a tab and do mute site and so when they added that i thought oh, i don't know if i should keep maintaining this extension because it looks like chrome is sort of building this in but what chrome doesn't do that mine did do was it doesn't really it doesn't assume that you don't want audio right. and then give you a pop-up um so probably if I had time and inclination, what I should have done was try to figure out if there's a way to make it sort of work with Google's own mute list rather than maintain, because I had it maintaining my own right. database. But anyway, I had that on there for the silent sign on there for many years. It had, I, it had 13,000 users. And a few weeks ago, they sent me a thing saying, your 
your extension no long is no longer now violates our security. Uh, you've got like a week to, sh to or two weeks or something to, to fix it uh, to our satisfaction or we're going to pull it from the store. And I let them pull it from the store because it, you know, it wasn't worth it to me. But sure. I'm sure there's a lot of extensions being pulled from the store. And it's, it's really frustrating. Uh, and it's to the point now, there is sort of a workaround that I found for privately distributing uh, extensions, but it only works if you have Google Apps for your domain and you only mm -hmm. want to give it to people within your organization. So now I make version. Now I have versions of our Chrome extensions. The Chrome extensions I'm moving them to, like a private label, I guess store. So, but only people who have who are, who work for the company can access them. So if we have a freelancer or a contractor or something like that, who we want to give it to, they're out I of can't. Line. And that, that's why, and that's why it's frustrating and why I liked using, uh, using the general store and, and marking things as private or unlisted. But, um, anyway, it's, it's annoying. I don't know how many people were actually charging money for their Chrome extensions, right? but it's yet another slap in the face to, to developers. And so it shows a pattern that who had used like, Google doesn't want who, their developers to be sad to, to get anything out of this. Yeah. It, it's slapping the face to developers who had leaned into and relied on an ecosystem that is slowly being pulled apart one plank at a time. You know, the ground is shifting out from under them and, uh, and it's unfortunate, but fortunately, like you said, a lot of the companies that do charge for their extension stopped using Google because I think they saw the writing on the wall a while ago. Um, and so you download the free extension and you sign in. <laughs> uh, like Grammarly is a great example, right? Some of what Grammarly does is free, but a lot of what it does is behind a paywall. And so a lot of a lot of the extensions have started to go that direction, which makes sense, especially if you had any inclination that this was coming uh, to move payment into your own thing. But you weren't going to be able to do that if you wanted to charge for your thing, Avram, right? Trying to build your own payment yeah. system behind the scenes as somebody who's messing around and just yeah, you weren't going to be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's fr it's frustrating. So I think this is, you know, another kind of nail in the coffin of independent developers developing, uh, developing extensions. Like it, it also makes you wonder, like, do they, are they just going to at some point start, you know, start like getting rid of, I mean, it's hard to imagine them getting rid of extensions altogether, but wow, they're making it really difficult, mm -hmm. really difficult on, on people. And, and for what extensions are part of what makes is part of why Chrome is so successful, uh -huh. right? People, I mean, people know that, wow, they're all, I mean, obviously I'm kind of extension junkie besides the ones that I myself have made. I probably have, uh, I probably have like 10 extensions right running right now in, in my Chrome browser. Uh -huh. And it's just a, absolutely lame that, that they make it so make it so hard on on developers. Agreed. 
yeah, it's it's a shame. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know what the what the full response is to this because it was a, a pretty late in the week uh, move. Uh, so we'll probably hear by by next week, you know who is affected by this and how they're gonna try and overcome it. Whether apps will disappear or whether things will move the way Grammarly did already long ago, um, but it's. It's definitely a, an interesting move, and uh, it seems like seems like the kind of thing maybe like what we see with restaurants, right? A restaurant sees customers drop a little bit, and so they raise their prices to try to make up for it. And that makes more customers leave, so they raise their prices to try and make up for it, and it creates this this downward spiral that's difficult to get out of, and eventually they either sell the business or go away. Yeah, we might, it feels a little bit like we've got some of that going on here, but from developers, <laughs> because these, all these things affect developers way more than they affect the end users. Obviously it affects the end users, but they don't necessarily know. Uh, so you see developers start backing out of spending their time on it, spending their time on it. And so like, oh, well, less people are listing paid apps. Maybe we should stop maintaining the payment system. <laughs> so you end up in this spiral. So it, obviously, Abram and I are both have a vested interest here. We both have uh, have Chrome extensions involved in our daily lives. So we will be keeping an eye on this because it is a, a story that affects us directly and annoys us on a fairly regular basis. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping and uh, we've got Prime Day coming up, but for your subscription, you also get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free subscription to Twitch with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. You can learn more, get a 30-day free trial if you're not already subscribed, uh, purchase it as a gift, uh, and get quick links to all of these features and more by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Speaking of things that we have a vested interest in, uh, podcasting has obviously taken off uh, hugely in the last couple of years. When F5 Live got its start uh, several names and 13 plus years ago, uh, it was a pretty uh, niche market. But today, especially with the lockdown, the uh, the industry has seen some fascinating changes. We've seen investment uh, and focus from companies. Uh, Apple changed its focus and pulled podcasts out to its own app. Google did the same. While Google, oh my God, what was it called? Google Play Music Podcasts, the worst name of all time. Uh, <laughs> it thankfully went away and was replaced with Google Podcasts which was a, a good focus. Tune in radio. Um, yeah, everybody's gotten involved in it. And recently, uh, Spotify has been putting not just a lot of focus, but a lot of money behind uh, podcasting. Not only did they add uh, audio podcasts and soon-to-be video podcasts, thankfully, um, to, their, to their catalog, they also got into the production side of things. 
So they purchased Anchor, which is a second tier uh, hosting and creation platform, but it's popular for people just getting started or who are doing it just to screw around. Um, so they purchased that, which gave them a pipeline uh, into their system. They have also actually purchased shows. They have a ton now of, you can't really call them podcasts because they don't work on the standard, but uh, audio dramas and shows, the Joe Rogan experience uh, is a great example of Spotify spending a ton of money to get an exclusive show that um, a large portion of the podcast community listens to. Um, and this week, through a report from uh, Deadline, we know that Spotify has now signed a contract to start turning some of their exclusive audio dramas into video content. What does that mean? We don't exactly know because the report is a report. It's not, it's not a full announcement from Spotify, but we know uh, that Chernin Entertainment, Chernin Entertainment um, has signed a contract with Spotify to turn audio dramas into video content. It could be video podcasts, it could be, uh, you know, high-produced video podcasts. Uh, it could be TV shows. It could be movies. There could be a lot of possibilities to uh, what they have planned here. Um, but they have apparently already chosen two shows, Blackout and The Clearing, uh, to be part of this with uh, Rami Malek from Mr. Robot uh, starring in one of them. So... They're definitely putting a lot of money into it. Audio dramas are a bit of a, a niche within the niche. Uh, there's a lot of interview shows. There's a lot of talk shows like what we do um, and how to type things. Uh, but audio dramas are in quantity, certainly a niche, but in uh, listenership have gone up a lot as there's no, been no TV or movies, new scripted episodes for so long now the lockdown has seen a huge spike in listening to audio dramas which i enjoy because you know the old dick tracy audio dramas in the 20s and 30s on the radio were a ton of fun to listen to and now we've got a modern version of it but can that be turned into video or does it lose its charm what do you think abram if it's video is it an audio drama anymore like I no, no. It's interesting. I what I have been really wanting to listen to, but I don't think you can get these on Spotify because you have to pay, like pay good money for them. Is Big Finish? Big uh, Big Finish has all of these audio dramas that they do where they get, uh, where they get people to like do like lost episodes of Doctor Who or something, or they get someone who used to play Doctor Who like twenty years ago. And maybe they're too old to, or not up for actually, you know, acting, you know, uh, in front of the camera, but they, uh, but it's relatively inexpensive to get them to do and simple to get them to do an audio drama. So they get, uh, they get some really interesting audio dramas. And uh, I think, uh, I think that kind of thing is really interesting. I'd, I'd like to put more more time into it. I think I'm listening to less stuff since I've been in quarantine uh, than 
I was listening to before because I used to listen to things on the way to and from work all the time. Yes. And now I'm kind of here and kids are coming in and out. I'm having video meetings and stuff and I'm just not, uh, I'm just not, um, making, uh, listening to things like I was, like I was. And, and interestingly, we, uh, we've seen this, uh, watching the, the, podcast communities that I'm part of, we've seen this interesting gap in, uh, in listenership changes, uh, shows that are interview style, short form interview style seem to have seen a huge decline in, uh, in listenership since, since the lockdown started. Uh, but shows like ours, long form things or audio dramas seem to be seeing, uh, an increase uh, as people are sitting at their desk listening to things in the background. Um, so we've seen an increase since since the lockdown, both audio and video. Um, but I know a lot of interview style shows have seen huge decreases uh, based on what we're hearing. So it it makes sense that that Spotify sees this increase and wants to wants to. Uh, try and move on it, but I think what they're missing is the reason why the audio dramas are seeing increases, and it's because there isn't new scripted TV and movie dramas hitting right now because everything, all production was shut down, and so the best we've seen has been some table reads for next season come on Hulu and things like that, or the, the 30 rock special or the, the, the parks and rec special, things like that early on, but there's been no produced stuff since. And so people I think have been leaning onto uh, audio dramas to fill it. So adapting that to film or TV might work, but they might've missed why, <laughs> why people are, are attached to it right now. I don't know. I mean, if they can do a drama that that happens over Zoom or something, that uh, like that or over video call. Yes, the new NBC series Connected, which is exactly oh, that. I haven't I haven't heard of it, but I think I, that's what I it's called. I can see people. I could see people looking for looking for things like that. So it, uh, yeah, I can see, I can see something. Uh, something like that working but eh, i mean yeah people want to listen to things in the background i mean i guess people can watch things too but i mean yeah i I think the thing that one of the things that is industries that has to be suffering the most although there's so many uh is recorded entertainment because you know it's it's still really dicey for productions to resume although i think there have been some Mm -hmm. there was the batman which resumed for like a week and then robert pattinson got uh uh got covid so that that i think that shut down again that seems likely but i i remember i i heard the other day that uh not that i watched the show but fargo the the Fargo show, they had Chris Rock, um, had was on some somewhere saying that he had gone, uh, he had finished the show in August, like they had resumed some filming in August to finish a season, 
Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like at least some production has resumed somewhere. Yeah. But and it's a dicey proposition. It sure is. We've seen some uh, reality type series start production again because they can be done, uh, you know, minimally, right? You can, uh, the mask singer, for example, that is masked by nature first and second, they've dumped the studio audience. And so there's a total of eight people in the room. So that, that makes, and they're all pretty far apart. So that makes doing a show like that or dancing with the stars, which I think has, uh, started production again. Um, because I know Carol Baskin's been on, which is fascinating. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it does seem like a lot of stuff is still shut down. Um, you know, some shows at the end of last season got screwed out of episodes. You know, the Blacklist, oh, the season finale, the Blacklist was terrible because of that weird, horrifying animation they did. Um, uh, what was the other one? Blind Spot lost two episodes in their final season because of it. And. You know, we're not too much further into getting new content because even if things have just started back into production, now is when new seasons should have started and we're not getting anything. So, so, you know, there's going to be a continued interest in these audio dramas for now, but can Spotify successfully license these for adaptations into video for TV or movies or whatever? I don't know, but obviously we will be able to find out eventually as two of them are already heading that direction. And this contract is for more than just two. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens over time. And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback. If you can't join us live, that's okay, too. You can go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. And there you'll see all of the ways to subscribe to all of our shows, whether it be uh, audio, video, through Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are. Uh, we've got links for everything there. Um, that is with, every, with everything, like we said, with everything shut down, there's not a whole lot coming up uh, right now uh, as far as activities are concerned. So there's not a whole lot for us to announce. And so with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.